Welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. We explore the wide world of whiskey through the many colorful personalities who make it, promote it, write about it, and more. With each podcast, Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward and bartender, and yours truly, Philip Dobar, director of the Cocktail Collection, interview whiskey's most important names. From high-profile makers, blenders, and ambassadors, to out-of-the-way innovators and remote pioneers. Join us as we discover the people and elements that give the water of life its spirit. It's not only Whiskey Wednesday, but it's St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 38. As a holiday treat, we're doing our second Irish giveaway, so stay tuned for details on how to enter. Coming up, we speak with Woody Kane and Chris McGowan about the Busker Irish Whiskey. But first, stay tuned for this week's Whiskey Chronicles. The Center for Culinary Culture home to the cocktail collection has a youtube channel eats drinks tv streaming now are cocktails the grand tour culinary quickies music and booze with mo v is for vino and this podcast spirits of whiskey new shows coming soon include complete greek mighty fine wine and spirits of rum a podcast featuring personalities from the wide world of cane spirits Find us on YouTube at Eat Strengths TV and subscribe now. The Center for Culinary Culture, telling the story of food and drink, one taste at a time. For more information, visit culinaryculture.center. Over the last 10 years, Irish whiskey has been enjoying what can only be termed a renaissance, growing from a very small handful of distilleries, well, really, only two fully functioning producers, one in Middleton, County Cork, the other in Belfast, to quite literally dozens. Few of today's Irish whiskey drinkers, however, are aware that Irish whiskey once dominated the world whiskey market. In fact, until the global temperance movement culminated in that noble, nay, ignoble, American experiment known as Prohibition in 1919, and the souring of trade relations between Great Britain and Ireland subsequent to Irish independence, achieved in 1922, almost drove it to extinction, Irish whiskey was long the world's best-selling. Fewer people still know the history of the Irish coffee, which, along with the Old Fashioned, the Manhattan, and the Martini, is among drinkdom's most popular cocktails. Now, there's nothing new about coffee cocktails. They were known all over Europe under various names as early as the early 19th century. As classic cocktails go, however, this one, the Irish coffee, originating sometime in the early 1940s, is on the young side. And while the drink has several origin stories, all of them plausible, the following seems most so. Created in 1942 by Joseph Sheridan, head chef at Foynes Air Base Flying Boat Terminal in Limerick, now Shannon International Airport, the Irish coffee was a tasty means of warming and reviving cold and weary travelers. Sheridan went on to work at San Francisco's Buena Vista Cafe, which, prior to his arrival, had already laid claim to being the site of its U.S. debut after travel writer Stanton Delaplane brought it back with him from Ireland in 1952. Delaplane discovered it at... Guess where? Yes, that's right. Foynes Air Base Flying Boat Terminal in Limerick. So, next time you sip from a steaming cup of Irish coffee, whether accompanied by a full Irish breakfast or not, say a little prayer of thanks for Joe Sheridan and the indomitable spirit of Ireland. Slancha. Up next, we speak with Woody Kane and Chris McGowan about this long time in the making, but otherwise brand new Irish whiskey. Stay with us. 
Happy St. Patrick's Day, whiskey fans! For those of you who have signed up to be a Spirits of Whiskey VIP, you might have noticed that we launched our first ever webcast today. On that webcast, we hosted the cocktail guru, Jonathan Pogash, who stars in our web series, Cocktails the Grand Tour, as well as star bartender, Pamela Wisnitzer, and coffee connoisseur, Kelly Abbott. On the webcast, Jonathan tells us the origin story of Irish coffee, while Pamela shows us how to make the Blind Abbott her signature riff on the Irish coffee, and finally, Mrs. Abbott demonstrates several ways of brewing a great cup of joe. To celebrate St. Patrick's Day, we're giving one lucky winner an Irish coffee gift pack. The bundle includes a copy of the 75th anniversary edition of Mr. Boston's official bartender's guide, signed by its editor, Jonathan Pogash, a classic Irish coffee cocktail glass, a two-ounce sample of the Busker Triple Cast Triple Smooth Irish Whiskey, plus a sample of Brazilian coffee from Unleashed Coffee Company. So the lucky winner will be able to make a perfect Irish coffee at home. Enter to win by clicking on the contest banner, which appears on the top of every page of the spiritsofwhiskey.com website. Entries must be received by midnight, Tuesday, March 23rd, and you must be 21 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. Good luck. Today on Spirits of Whiskey, our guests are Mr. Woody Kane. Woody is many things to many people, but today he comes to us as global ambassador at the Busker Irish Whiskey, made by the Royal Oak Distillery in County Carlo, Ireland. Also with us is Mr. Chris McGowan, Marketing Director at the Busker Irish Whiskey. Welcome, gentlemen. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here, guys. Love it. Happy to be here. Super excited to talk about the Busker. Speaking of the Busker, we're going to break out into a street performance here. Hey, you never know what might happen. You know, we haven't started drinking yet. (laughs) It is Woody's evening, too, you know. Yeah, that's true. For me, it hasn't gone free yet, so I need to wait a little while. Otherwise, my wife will get a little upset with me. Chris, you're joining us from New York, right? The Metroplex. Yes, I'm actually in the middle of New Jersey, the Garden State. And Woody, you're in? I am here in Carlo, enjoying myself. I've already taken a little wee sample of the busker while I was pouring it. What else could I do? You know, I mean, has to be done, has to be done. Well, then, so, I'm going to have to start then, too. <laughs> single grain was the first we were going to do, right? Yeah, sure. You want to get into a taste? You want to try the single grain? We'll talk about that first. Will we take a look at that? Let's talk about your whiskey journeys. Yeah, let's do that. We can sip on this, and then after you tell us about your journeys, and we can talk about the in-depth of the juice here. So, Woody... Tell us about how you came to be in the whiskey business. And was this something that you always dreamt about? Yeah, well, like, I mean, like, as always with Ireland, it all begins when you're born and, you know, you're baptized with a bit of whiskey and they dunk you into it. And from then on, whiskey is your life. That is it. That's what happens here. Hopefully you'll all agree that that's what happens there, too. Yeah, we started off here. You know, you see people enjoying whiskey. You see camaraderie, you see storytelling, you see fun, you see enjoyment. That is what whiskey was to me when I was growing up. I saw all of that. I saw all of the friendships that were created, the wonderful stories that were told. I want to be part of that. So when I started on my whiskey journey, it was a good fun one, an enjoyable one, but it wasn't my very start. Because I, like My background is philosophy, psychology and theology. So I used to work with a different spirit. And I moved over then to start working with this one. So it's well, I was quite a lot of things. <laughs> Have you been able to use any of that background working in whiskey? 100%. I mean, if you think of any marketing, what is marketing? What's psychology? Good point. You look at it that way. You know, yeah. you work out with people what they need and you find out what they want. And, you know, you learn to help them along and, and try and give them that. And it's sort of like what we did with uh, with, with Oscar. So yeah. this, that, that comes in handy. A lot of time. <laughs> 
It does, it does. And also it gives you something to talk about over a little drink as well, so it's always good, always good to do. But when I, even when it came to the busker and the concept of the busker, it was all about what people want. That's what we wanted to give people. We wanted to give them what they wanted, you know. And Chris, I know, will probably talk on this as well. The whole, the whole idea was we wanted to create a whiskey that Americans would enjoy, something that they could sit back and think do what I wanted. I feel we hit the nail on the head with it as well. I mean, it's fantastic. If we want to start even just with the grain, like when you're creating a whiskey, we started back, 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 because it doesn't just happen the day a whiskey is released. You know, well, it takes time. That's one of the biggest ingredients in whiskey is time. So it did take that time. It takes time of planning, time of vision, time of dreaming. And all of that has to happen in order for the fruition of what you get, which for in our case is a, the Buster Irish whiskey. So back in 2014, we had a dream and a vision to create the Royal Oak Distillery as it is and stands today. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to produce a world-class distillery right in County Carlow. And then about 18 months after looking at this greenfield site, we ended up with our distillery and we began to distill. The very first distillate came off on Easter Sunday and that in 2016. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we started on Good Friday. We started the first smash on the Easter Sunday. You know, the spirit rose, as, as so as to say. So it was as Irish as you can get. <laughs> Very Irish Catholic. It is indeed. It is indeed. So in other words, we put down our mash and on the third day it rose again. That's uh, that's one way to look at it. We did a lot of thinking and we probably did a lot of drinking. It was like we walked on the site at Royal Oak and even I remember myself going there. It was lovely, misty day. And as I stepped over the gate, because the whole thing was locked up, I remember going across and walking along. And it's, it's like 42 acres of pastoral landscape. Wow. And there's beautiful old oak trees on site. Some of them have been dated back as far as 250 years. So it's got that rich heritage and that beauty. And it was like an unkept land. As I walked along, I remember stepping on branches. And as they cracked, just hearing the crack of the wings of the birds as they flew away, like it was just this place that people hadn't stepped on in years. And it was just a great feeling. And then, of course, as the mist cleared, just as you're walking around, there's an old house on site. It's from 1755, a Holiday House, an old British landlord's house from way back when. And it's fantastic history with that as well. So the whole place is, just like Irish whiskey is, steeped in history. The river barrel flows right by the land and right below us, we actually have the largest underground lake in Leinster. Oh, wow. And that is the barrel, the, yeah, the, the barrel aquifer. And that is uh, what we are able to use as our source for our water. Beautiful, amazing water. It's fantastic. Um, not only that, but the oak trees on site are an amazing nod to the maturation and the oak barrels, of course, that we use for that. We want to hold on to them. But the oak that we have in the park, it's a perfect little, little, little sort of story to be able to tell there. You look around and all around us, you have barley fields. Wow. So it's just at certain points of the year, beautiful golden color comes shining through and it's fantastic to see. So even before you get near the distillery, the story of whiskey, how it's made has been told to you in a sense. Amazing. I want to go to there. Now, before we get into the whiskeys themselves, Chris, let's talk about your whiskey journey. Well, it's interesting. I graduated college as a lit major, right? And I went straight to Wall Street because that's what one does, right? Because you go where you know people. It's just filled with the most cutthroat people in the world. It just wasn't my kind of place, but I still made it there about five years. I, I got an opportunity to join Bacardi 
I interviewed with this guy and he said, if you're doing what you're doing, you can do this in your sleep. And they tell camp story fires about me apparently still. I stood up and walked out of my Wall Street job and went to work for Bacardi. Nice. I did that for about five years. And then I went and joined the Coors Brewing Company, put about 10 years in there. And then I went to Pernod Ricard, where I was working on their world-class whiskeys. There's no way to deny their world-class. I got tremendous experience with the Glenlivet and Abelauer. And mm -hmm. finally, I settled in on the Middleton team. And you know, if you're on the Jameson team, you sell what Middleton makes. And so that meant Redbreast and it meant Yellow Spot and Green Spot and all of that beautiful, so remarkable. And De Serrano called. And De Serrano International USA is the importer of the Busker Irish whiskey. And they said they had some Irish whiskey work to be done. And I was like, okay, I'm very interested. Let's talk. Little did I know that they would have me strapped to a chair 15 hours a day for three straight years <laughs> trying to launch this thing. But that's truly my whiskey journey. That's how it began. So how long have you been with De Serrano? Uh, I will be with De Serrano four years in October. I believe. So, oh, you're, I, so you're about to graduate? Yeah. Okay. About to graduate. <laughs> about to graduate. So actually, yeah, I'll be four years. So, but much like Woody, my whiskey journey began in my home too growing up. I mean, my mother's maiden name is O'Neill. So we have McGowan's and O'Neill's and they're one, the O'Neill's came down from Dublin. The McGowan's were, I told from Cork, they all met in New York and that's how the family began. But uh, we were just constant gatherings, big, large family. My dad was one of seven brothers and sisters, dozens of cousins. Sounds very Irish. <laughs> dozens of cousins, and so lots of parties. So the spirit was always with us. And as soon as I got my chance to try it, of course, at 21, when it was legal, I did so right away. And that began my Absolutely. journey. First drink, first drink, nice. February 24th, 1968. Yeah, I just celebrated my birthday last Wednesday night with my family. It was a wonderful experience, and whiskey was involved. Very cool. Thanks. Thanks. Now, Woody, were you involved in developing the Irishman and the Writer's Tears brands? What's that story? Tell us about that. I love both, by the way. Yes. Yes, I was. Sure. So let's say the Irishman Writer's Tears, it started off as the Hot Irishman. And that was back in 1999 when that came out. And I was involved in that and all through while I was working in my background, like I was saying, is more on the spiritual side. I would have worked on a retreat center, around a retreat center for years. And while I was doing that, I was just assisting and helping out the work with the Hot Irishman, which then became the Irishman and the Writer's Tears products, up to the fact where I would have done quite a lot of shows, quite a lot of educational masterclasses to bartenders, to sellers, to humours, and different whiskey shows all around. And I loved it. I loved it. Loved telling the story. Story is, is what Ireland is about. It's a passion we all have. So it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And then when I took break then from retreat work, well, I just, just said, well, look, you are already helping us out so much. Why not come on board full time? So that was probably back in about 2012, I would say, around 2012. And from there there then, I just got in even more and started doing quite a lot. But I've worked with a good few brands, not directly employed, just helping out. That's that's what that's what Irish, uh, mm -hmm. Irish whiskey industry is like. We do that. We help each other out in the industry. It's a beautiful thing. It's great to see. So, yeah, so then it brought us up then to the Irishman needed a revamp. So I did all of that. So the Irishman you see today is all, all sort of the bits and pieces I would have added in as, uh, as I went along as well. And, yeah, then we, we started then on um, working on creating the uh, right up distillery. So yeah, that brought us up, brought us up to that. And the wonderful moment when our first distill came off and into a barrel and we knew, you know what, that's great. And then we all crossed our fingers saying, 
this better be good. <laughs> you, know, you, you, need that. you don't know. That's the thing about whiskey. You don't know. The one thing we did know is it was going to be good quality. And how we knew that is because from the very get-go, our mantra has been quality. Bring it down to the ingredients that, well, as you're tasting the books going out today, the ingredients in there are just the finest quality ingredients. We make sure to source local as we can. I, a lot of people say, do you get everything from the field of the road? No. I mean, we are too... <laughs> we do too... No, no, we get it from the field down the road. Honestly, God, it's crazy. Like, the amount of barley that we use alone, there is no chance that we can just get it all from one fellow just up the road, you know? So... It's very important to know that. But what it is that you keep low, put a, a pin right up the distillery, put a circle of around maybe 30 to 50 miles. You will find everything that we use within that area. You can't say you're only going to get it up the road because you will not have enough barley to supply it. That's the thing. Like we do about two and a half million litres of pure alcohol per year out of my local distillery. So that's, uh, that's a lot of material going in there that we need to source. We had the option of releasing maybe one spirit if we wanted at the very start. But we said no. Said our focus will be on whiskey. Our focus is on quality. Nice. That is what we wanted to do. That was our mantra from the very start. The machinery that we use from the people we have, that family we've grown, even into the wonderful, beautiful barrels that we have. Everything had to be quality. Because you know yourself, if you get fantastic liquid and put it into a substandard barrel, you're not going to get a good whiskey and vice versa. You can have the best barrel in the world, and if you've got bad liquid, you ain't going to get that good whiskey that you're looking for. Quality was really what we what we forged our, our way forward to do, and it has paid off. I mean, if you look at just our very first competition, walking out there as a brand new whiskey in the market, and we walked into the LA Spirits competition, and we walked out with the grain got silver. We were blown away. We said, that's fantastic. Wow. Then we got word that the blend and also the pot got old and we we're going, whoa, that is amazing. Wow. And then we found out that the single malt got platinum. Wow. And not only did it get platinum, which is the highest you can get in the award system, but it also got the best Irish whiskey in there. So we were just going, amazing. That's fantastic. And just the last couple of weeks, we've gotten word that the wine enthusiast did a tasting of the busker against the category leaders. Yeah. And we outscored them all significantly, scoring a 96 wow. with our closest competitor at 88. So we're very excited about that. And we're spreading the word about that as fast as we can. There's Irish whiskeys out there. There's all whiskeys out there. And they might all have a grain or a malt or a pot or a blend. But we're the only ones that are giving it all from ourselves. We want it to be transparent in what we do. We want it to be honest. We want it to tell our story. So our key. We wanted to tell you, give you the Irish story and just... Now, let's talk wood. What kind of barrels do you use? And how many different finishes, etc.? Yeah, well, the bread and butter of, of the whiskey industry, as you know yourself, is bourbon. Bourbon is, is making its um, its way there. We also then use uh, Oloroso Sherry barrels Great. and we're Marsala. And that's the great thing. It's really a distinctive <laughs> for us. It's great to have it because Masala barrels, we actually get them from Cantina Florio. So that's from 1833 was when that started. And that is our great link uh, because of our parent company, Ilva. They also own, own that. So we get the finest hop um, sauce barrels coming from there. Yes. There's synergies throughout the entire chain, throughout the entire whiskey making process. It's really awesome. Our European counterparts and the importers of Evan Williams, for instance. Oh, wow. So our connections to the whiskey world are unbelievable. Ilva has distilleries in India, cranking out millions of cases of Indian whiskey a year. So what I was saying was that there's tremendous synergies throughout our worldwide companies. Our counterparts in Europe are the importers of Evan Williams. 
Ilva is the parent company of Florio Marsala in Sicily. Um, and you guys you guys know well that Marsala finished whiskeys are not unheard of. Right. But a Marsala finished whiskey and the price points that we're playing in, it's roughly between $25 and $30, completely unheard of. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I'm convinced the blend is so special is because of that kiss of the Marsala. It's really what people are picking up on. But the synergies are amazing. Ilva owns whiskey distilleries in India that are producing millions of cases a year. So the synergies throughout the company are everywhere. How is that whiskey with the chicken marsala? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. After a few of them, you won't know what you're eating. So you'll be grand. So don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Chris, so you might want to eat before you drink. All right, right. <laughs> Got to get the soaks. You're dead right, Chris. It's great to have. And like masala barrel really makes a fantastic influence. Let's take, for instance, the single grain. If you could pick that up for a moment. And look, you, you, you know your drink. So grain, whiskies, especially coming out of Ireland, there's not a load of them, you know. But what we have here is we've done something really special with this. This one has the influence of bourbon and Marsala barrels. So let's take a little bit of a nose on that. Now, when I do tastings, I know a lot of people do tastings and they tell you everything that's in it. I don't. I ask because your standpoint is always different than mine. Your nosing, what you smelled in your life is different than what I've smelled. I mean, like, you know, you're from America. You don't know what potatoes smell like. I know potatoes. Okay, I'm from Ireland. So, you know, you've got nuances. But... Let's see what it is you can pick up on this. So let's just bring it to the nose. This one now is at 44.3%. So what can you pick up on that? For me, this is a caramel bomb. Lovely. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. So you got that lovely sweetness, a beautiful caramel. Which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a caramel in there. Great. I get a little bit of like a oatmeal yep. grain mm. kind excellent. of. Yep. Okay, excellent. So in here, we often talk about that, that a nutty note in here as well for you maybe picking up a little bit of oatmeal style. Um, yep. So a little bit of vanilla coming off for me there now. And again, a beautiful oak. Mm-hmm. On the palate, slauncher. Yeah, vanilla, yeah. Mm. It's good stuff. Yep. So how is that? Oh, very nice. I like it. Great. I don't usually like single grains because I always feel like they've used like the shittiest <laughs> grains they could find and they just try to make something. But this is good. It's very good. But you're not doing that. 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like, oh, well, we have all this leftover something. Let's try to make something so that it doesn't go to waste, which is admirable, but doesn't always taste good. Yeah. No, well, that's one of the things we have going for us. Our story is quality all the way through. 100%. Quality and care. And we're into the tasting, but I neglected to tell you that wound up in the blend bottle, we talked about this whiskey being born to be here, be for the American consumer. And we use an American agency to help us tell our story, to build our packaging, because we wanted to visually appeal and, and break through and drag people over from all of North American whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Canadian and bourbons, and come try what we've built for you. That's Colangelo and Partners, correct? Colangelo is our PR company, yes. Mm-hmm. But we had used a different agency in Chicago. Ah, okay. But what we did is the whiskey that is in the blend, we took to focus groups in Chicago and San Francisco, and they told us what to put in the bottle. We listened. We we had 16 groups between the two cities, and they chose this blend. We brought a bunch of ours with us. They chose this one hands down. Wow. It was 16 and 0. A lot of people in the room had to step back and you know swallow some pride and realize that, hey, this is the right whiskey. And then on top of that, we rolled in the category leader for a head-to-head, and we went 16 and 0 again. Oh, wow. And so we knew we had the right liquid. And the room was filled with the people that you'd want to hang out with and be with. And they weren't connoisseurs, but they were saying stuff like, oh, I could drink this all day. Oh, my God, this doesn't burn. This is beautiful. It's sweet. It's it just It was so thrilling to see and watch. So we knew we had the whiskey. We knew we had the liquid in the bottle, we like to say. Mm -hmm. And so back to Ireland, everyone went. And that's when we knew we had the blend to put in the bottles. Wow, that's cool. And tell us about the single malt now. Single malt, 
thing about fantastic whiskey, as I said, like already it's got those accolades um, for building up and it, it's fantastic to be able to have that. I get some fruit. So let's take a look. This one is uh, single malt. What we have here, again, you're looking at that 44.3% in the single. Really? You get tobacco? I, I get, get tobacco. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. As I say, everybody is different. Depends on what you've been doing, what you've eaten, you know, what mood you're in. Mm-hmm. So whiskey can taste different at different times. So I must be in the mood for a cigarette. You must. Yeah. <laughs> you're picking up on tobacco. <laughs> I love a good cigarette. I don't smoke. But when I encounter a whiskey that invokes or evokes tobacco, I'm in. <laughs> Do you guys remember growing up the Hershey Quick powder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you would make chocolate milk with? Oh, it's the best. I get a little bit of that cocoa. Okay. Uh, to me, it goes all the way through the beginning to the end. I just love it. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm straight away on fruits. That's where I'm fruit and flower with this one. Yeah. Okay, good. See? That's where I Well, no, everybody's right. Look at There's an argument starting over there. What have we started this? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be arm wrestling mix. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is what I talk about when I come to this. I often talk about the about those fruit notes. Get a bang of apple, lovely, beautiful sweetness here. Mm. That I don't know what Hershey's powder is like. I don't know what you guys are up to. It's got a cute little bunny rabbit on it. Yeah, and it's just that hint of chocolate, just that kind of like that dry kind of chocolate that I get. Definitely, I would say it's like chocolate. Uh, so <laughs> that's how I would put it. But yeah, definitely there as well, Chris. You're dead right. And even on the palate, you get that intense richness. It's coating in there, fantastic taste. And even at the end, that's where I'm starting to pick up nice little bits of optic. The next one that's where I want to move on to is the, the pot still. You're cracking it open already. Philip is ready. We are. Don't take it from the bottle, Philip. Here's the glass. <laughs> they all have such drastically different. 100% they're different. You'll really notice that between all of them. Yeah. Like when we wanted to tell the story of Irish whiskey by producing all of the three singles and also the blend, the combination of three of them together, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to tell the story of traditional tastes of Ireland, but we wanted to do it in a more modern way. That's what we're looking at here. We're trying to get that crossroads between the heritage, tradition, and also modernity. And I think we've really hit it on the head with these ones. This one's got some good legs on it, too. Yeah. So pot still, you're aware of pot still. I heard you mention earlier on, you got a few bottles in there. So your mm-hmm. pot still is different because pot still came about from avoidance of taxation. But pot still is not actually named after the pot that it made it because like your single malt is made in a pot still as well. Pot still is made from the addition of unmalted barley into the mix before you start your implementation. So what it is, is that you're taking that hard straight out of the field grain, that hard grain, and you're putting it in with some of the malted barley. And what it does is it ends up giving this distinctive character, pepper and spice, well known in pot still mm-hmm. whiskies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's exactly what we're going to get here. So it's the distinctive character of Ireland. Let's take the nose. As you say, it's different, but what's different? What can you pick up? I'm getting more vegetal. I know on the palate, it has all the spice of an American rye. Okay. But all the sweetness of a single malt. Yeah. And on the nose, I'm getting that vegetal quality that one would expect from a rye. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, brilliant. Like fresh grass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that cereal feel to it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, here, you've got those lovely complex flavors coming at you as you're talking about them even there. You do have that lovely, even on the nose, I'm getting honey. That's depth more than the like, caramel notes or anything like that. I get more of a depth here. And I'm still getting some of that Florida fresh freshness, that fresh flowers or, um, as you see yourself, like fresh grass sort of or a cereal sort of a note coming in here as well with this. And a little bit of clove on the nose as well. Clove, yep. Yeah, hitting it. And then, of course, on the chase, beautiful covering. That oils are really in there, really allowing it to get around the mouth. That pepper spice in there. You mentioned oil. I'm getting a lot more oil on the tongue. You will. With this one than from the first and second. You will because of the content of the unmalted barley allows that. 
you get uh, a lot more oiliness in your, yeah, even if you check the meniscus, you give that swirl and you can see that it's thicker oils in there, you know. And the oils are important. We all know the oils are what holds your, your lipids, fats, esters, congeners. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all combined in there. And this one really has it all. And that's what I mean by that complex flavor you're going to get from it. It's depth, it's search, you know, and it gives you time with that. It's brilliant on the singles mm-hmm. because they all have something to offer. And you've hit the nail on the head so far. That's what we talk about with our singles. Uh, you know yourself, you walk into any whiskey shop and you've got a wall full of whiskey in front of you. If you are not 100% sure about whiskey, it's embarrassing bringing something home to people that know a bit about it, you know, if you don't like it even. So the great thing about these whiskeys is break it down pretty simple for people who are not sure. Your grain is your sweet, okay? If you like sweet stuff, go for the grain. If you like fruity stuff, go for the malt. If you like something a little bit more spicy, Get the pot still. So it really does help the consumer in that sense to make a, a good valid decision before we get it. So we're going to look at the triple cast, triple smooth. Yeah, it is definitely triple smooth. Yeah, so so called because what we have here, we have your barrels of your bourbon, sherry, and your marsala influence all in here. Not only that, but you've also got that combination of all three of the singles bind together beautifully balanced into a fantastic smooth whiskey. So it's a blend of single grain, single malt, and single pot. Yes. And each one of those is finished in a different X something barrel. Yes. They said they all start their life in a bit of bourbon, bourbon barrel, work away. Then you've got your cherry influence in there as well. And you've also got your marsala casts too. So you've got all the combination of all of those in there. Do you take the ready-made whiskeys and blend them or do you make its own mash using each different grain? What we have is we have the barrels of your malt, barrels of your pot and barrels of your grain. Okay. And we have uh, one of the greats in the industry. I don't know if you know John Ramsey. He's a fantastic guy. He's got quite a lot going for him. He's amazing at what he does. And he has really honed in on the taste profiles that we're looking for. Have that. We have that with that. Like he's got tons of work extensively with different um, scotches as well, and even uh, has uh, bottles named after him. The amount of work that he's done. Yeah, there's a Glen Roth made named for him. And there's a specific Glen Roth named after a John Roth. I think it retails for a thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, look, hand is up. Have you got one, Philip? <laughs> are you looking for one? We're going to get him on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. John's a great guy. He's a gentleman and he really knows his stuff and we're blessed to be able to have him. Likes of him, Niall Bulger, who works uh, by his side. Niall is, mm-hmm. is the head vendor in Royal Oak Distillery as well. Great it's help. funny. A bit of a sidebar here. There's Nancy Freely in the US has come up any number of times amongst various distillers we've interviewed. Well, we will talk about their blending and they say, oh yeah, yeah, Nancy Freely comes in and does the blending for us. And likewise, we've heard of other blenders that say, oh yeah, yeah, that's so-and-so's work. That's a, so there is a coterie, a small coterie of master blenders who go from distillery to distillery working magic mm-hmm. and their work is largely unsung. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we need to get Nancy on the show. We do. Sure. They are working magic, that is for sure. And they deserve the acclaim to that too. I mean, you mm-hmm. sit back with the busker, you taste each one of those. It's genius to be able to get whiskeys to perform so, so well. It's just amazing. So what about this one? How are you finding it? What's on the nose? What- uh, well, the nose, I did pick up some of the notes from each of the other three, which is fantastic. But I also get a little bit of caramel on this one, which I did on the others. Mm-hmm. But the legs on this one, is the thickest, I think. Okay. The triple smooth, that's no joke. It's like silk in your mouth. 100%. It drinks so easily. Yeah. Well, now that that bottle's open, I don't think it's going to last very long. They've had their time. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had their time in the barrel. Now 
get rid of motor bottle. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. I haven't really used mouthfeel to talk about these three, except for the single pot, okay. which has an oiliness that the other two do not. But this, it's beautiful. This is a joy just to hold in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's like silk. Yeah. Yes, it has that creamy sort of well balanced feel there. Mm. Just especially in the finish, it's got that sweetness that lasts. That mm -hmm. you can feel the coating. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful coating in the mouth, and that sweetness really does last with you. Well, I think I found my favorite. And just think about this: that's sitting on a shelf for twenty five dollars. That's amazing. And that is something we're so proud of because what we've ultimately done is build a whiskey journey for everybody. You know, twenty five dollars isn't much of a stretch if you want to reach. You'll even find it on sale for $22.99 at BevMo right now. It's around the corner. I'll be there after lunch. <laughs> yeah. To take the American consumer on a whiskey journey that's somewhere between $22 and $32 mm -hmm. that you've just experienced, I mean, that was really the dream and the goal. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? So many people can go into the store and look at a gorgeous red breast and say, I can't try that. I can't try that on my budget. Mm -hmm. But I can grab the busker yeah. single pot and I can take that home and experience. A lot of whiskeys at that price point are best buried in a punch. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing, but that is not the case here. But that's <laughs> the fact, but that is not the case here. Exactly. I mean, you could put it in a punch. Yeah, you'd, it'd be a dynamite punch. Yeah, the point is, it is very accessible. Yes. Yes. And this one out of the four is definitely my favorite. The triple cask. Interesting. Very interesting. Which I'm so glad it's green because it's a very Irish. You're about to say that the Busker blend is better than all of them. Uh, as a blend, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm not a big blend person. So, yeah. Right. This works. Well, while you cogitate on that, what does the future hold? Like, will we see an amaretto cask finished? Ooh. The Busker? Well, I think I'm going to take that one as being the one here that already has nine different sizes and stuff to sell. I think we're going to settle down right now with these four and we're going to do our best to get the word out. Uh, we only launched in September and we launched in the middle of a pandemic. We haven't been able to do wet samplings at stores or any of the things that we had planned and hoped to do. So our goal right now is to get these four everywhere mm -hmm. and get people on our journey, yeah. mm -hmm. the Busker whiskey journey, yeah. and experience that boldness of flavor that we want. Well, let's talk about Busker. It's an interesting name to call a whiskey. Let's hear the story. So it's fascinating, right? But the busker, you know the person in the park playing the guitar, correct? Well, we don't want to be the guy playing the guitar. <laughs> we want to be that... What we want to do is be that fearlessness, that boldness that this person has to put themselves out there and tell their story. I mean, I'm so envious of some of those folks that can just go out and just perform and do whatever it is they need. Mm -hmm. So close. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I, I've been that guy in the street playing the guitar. Yeah. We didn't do it for money. We did it for fun. You know, so I think we're all music fans. Do you play guitar? I do not play. Okay. Do you play anything? I do not, no. Harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> kazoo? Kazoo, all right. I could probably get you a kazoo. How about you, Woody? Are you a musician? I don't know. I play music. I'm a musician. That's a separate <laughs> That's a separate question altogether. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know. What instrument do you play? Yeah, my background, I've got quite a lot of background. Throw anything at me and I'll give it a shot. He's got a guitar immediately to his right. I know he does. I do, I do. Pick it up and Play. I want to hear an Irish jig right now. Let's do it. So, go. If I would only you'd start kicking, darling, I'm never going to go flying. I know well. <laughs> <laughs> I played in a band for about 12 years. Um, Fifth Avenue is the name of the band and loved it. Absolutely loved it. We used to do anything at all from parties to weddings, a wedding band for a good while. Euphoria. Euphoria of seeing people on the floor enjoying themselves is just amazing, you know? Nothing like it. Nothing like it is right. This bottle is not going to last in my cabinet. <laughs> none of them will, I'm telling you. None of them will. It's, uh, 
Well, when I like them this much, they go in days. We are never going to run out. We're not going to run out, I promise you. So cocktails. Let's talk cocktails. Both of you, what's your go-to category, your go-to orders? Well, for this, I'd like to steal a line from Woody. Drink it as you like, okay? But our cocktail strategy itself is very simple. We see the busker in highballs with sodas. We see it neat rocks. I can see that. I tried something fascinating. There's a beautiful grapefruit soda made by Q Mixers. Mm -hmm. And I tried a busker Paloma. Mm. So I tried the blend with the grapefruit soda. And I was like, what am I doing? This is madness, right? But it was something else because the fruity notes and the sweet notes and the caramel, everything inside that whiskey survived. And it made an amazing drink. Wow. I think for my go-to, I would probably have it with just a little bit of ice on my own. Mm-hmm. I love how that's become a thing. Cocktails are the whiskey on ice because it's the croutons. Throw in the croutons yeah, and right. it's now a cocktail. Right. I'm seeing an amaretto old-fashioned, an amaretto busker old-fashioned in my very near future. Yeah. Well, I tell you what you should do, make, make yourself an Irish godfather. Ooh. Godfather is simply De Serrano and Irish whiskey. And if you have a little bit of the single pot left... That has a backbone that holds up to the sweetness of Di Serrano Originale so beautifully. Definitely. I would recommend two parts single pot, one part Di Serrano over a couple of ice cubes. Yeah. And I, you will have a world-class cocktail. Tonight, I'm having that with pot roast. I'm going to go and get a bottle of Di Serrano. I haven't had a Di Serrano for a while. You want just a dash or two of Angostura bitters into it as well and a nice twist of Naranjali over the top of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, not to monopolize, but to finish my journey through the line, I prefer the grain meat mm-hmm. in a glass where I can really put my nose in and enjoy it. The single malt also meat. Mm-hmm. The pot itself, I have been experimenting with your cocktails that require more of a backbone, mm-hmm. right? Your Manhattans, your old fashions, your things like that where you need muscle in the whiskey. And that's, I find the spice in the middle of the whiskey really helps those kind of cocktails, much like you said, a rye wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The single grain is my second favorite of the four, and which all of that surprises me because I'm a big single malt person. And I said, for sure, I'm going to like the single malt the best because I just always like single malt the best. But you guys did an amazing job with these other. Honestly, I've never had a single grain that I liked, let alone love. That's what we want to hear. Hmm. Next time you guys do one of those focus groups, call us. We'll be happy to be guinea yeah. pigs for you. <laughs> You're in. You're in. Yeah. Woody, how about you and cocktails? What's your go-to? Okay, well, I go along with Chris. I know Chris already stole, stole the line. I'll always use, and I use it till the day I die. And that is when I'm 94 after being shot by a jealous husband. <laughs> That's my plan anyway. But my go-to is, the way I talk about whiskey, is the best whiskey you can ever drink in the world is the one you like. And the best way to drink it is whatever way it is that you like. And that is how I fully believe it. Mm-hmm. For me, I always think anytime I ever pick up a whiskey, I like to try it neat. I like to see what was this distiller trying to make, first of all. Yep. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to like it. You know, right. Then I try it with a few drops of water, maybe a nice just to see. But generally, I like it neat. When it comes to cocktails, I'm an experimental type person, but I'm not into doing things that are out of reach of the common consumer. What I like to do is I like to do like kitchen cocktails. So I look in the kitchen, I see what have I got in here? What will work with each different type of whiskey that I might have? Mm -hmm. So 
my cocktails vary the whole time. Sometimes you might find mixed with lemons, limes and stuff like that. Sometimes there's raspberries, there's blueberries, there could be anything in it. And I just experiment until I find something that I go, that's nice. And then I replicate that. So that's how I think. And again, what it is, it goes back to my own mantra of drink it the way you like it. You know, whatever way you like it best is the best way to drink it. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. This has been fantastic. Our pleasure. So we're doing our very first ever webcast, which we recorded yesterday. And the topic is Irish coffee. So, oh, that's what I was going to say too. I, we should try the Irish, the, the blind dabbit. Yes, the blind dabbit with this. Yes. Yes. So um, Pam, how do you say that? Pam Wisnitzer. I had created a offshoot of the Irish coffee called the blind abbot. And my sister, her last name is Abbott, and she owns a Brazilian coffee company. So she's going to be on the episode. Pam was on the episode and demonstrated this coffee. And then we had Jonathan Pogash, the cocktail guru on, and he did the history of the Irish coffee, which originated at the Shannon, well, now the Shannon airport, but then the Limerick originally. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Air Force Base, right? Hmm? With it, Foins, Foins, yeah. Foins. Yes. So we're putting all that together, and your this drink is getting a sample scent with the unleashed coffee from my sister and Mister uh, Boston's bartender book that was edited by Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So and signed. So we have that. We have the coffee, and then we have a Irish coffee glass. Awesome. All of that's going to be as a giveaway. So this is our Irish coffee giveaway. And I chose the green one just because it was green. Well, we are. <laughs> and I already poured it, but I hadn't tasted anything yet. So I'm glad that that's the one I went with because I think it's delicious. So I think it'll hold up and do well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. It's been an absolute treat. It's a good fit yeah. to meet you guys. And just keep going. I think anything that can get the word of whiskey out there is a good thing, no matter what it is. I'd love to see that. All right, guys. Take care. Make sure to have a good drink in your hand always. Cheers. World of Wheezy is up next. Stay with us. Hey, Louise, it is St. Patrick's Day, and I'm so excited. We have so much going on today between this podcast and our very first webcast that's coming out, along with a couple of our shows on our Eat Strengths TV YouTube channel. We've got a lot going on, so it's a great, great, great holiday for us. And today we are talking about the Busker Irish Whiskey, and we are doing a giveaway with the Busker Irish Whiskey, some coffee from Unleashed Coffee, the 75th anniversary edition of Mr. Boston's Bartender's Guide, signed by the editor Jonathan Pogash, who is also host of Cocktails the Grand Tour, and the recipe for Pam Wisnitzer's Blind Abbott, which is a cold offshoot of the Irish coffee cocktail. So yeah, we got a lot going on. And today we talked to the guys over at the Busker, and I gave you four samples. Which one did you want to play with? And what do you think about it? Well, hello, Carrie. Great to be back. And happy Patty's Day to everybody out there. I have a bit of Irish in me, legitimately. Now, I always say, listen, St. Patty's Day is for everyone, right? Doesn't matter if you are are actually Irish, you get to celebrate. With the busker, I loved the triple cask, triple smooth. Oh, me too. Yeah. So good. The green one, the luck of the Irish and the green. The green one, yes. Um, this St. Patrick's Day has me always remembering my father um, because he loved Patty's Day and he had this, we just called it, well, he had a couple party hats, but one of them was this green felt 
who knows where the hell he got it type of hat. It wasn't particularly Irish. It was just some party hat that he had all these pins all over it. But I always think of him on, on Patty's Day. So cheers to you, Carl, at the big bar in the sky. Yes, cheers to you, Carl. Yeah. So with this particular whiskey... I was thinking about this dish I did years ago, which was an Irish soda bread, French toast. So think about having this whiskey in the morning. Think, well, we don't have to think too hard about that. I know that. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know. Maybe you do want it in your coffee. Maybe you want it in that cocktail. The iced version of an Irish coffee that you just mentioned sounds amazing. Maybe you just want it straight. I don't know. That's up to you. But what I do with this French toast is you make yourself some Irish soda bread, okay? Slice it up while it's still fresh. Because the thing with Irish soda bread that we all know is once it sits for a day or so, it gets a little bit crumbly. And it's not going to slice as well. So slice it up when it's fresh. Let it sit out on a sheet pan overnight just to kind of dry out a bit. And then you make your regular thing that you normally would do with French toast. You got your eggs, your cream, you know, whatever it is that you like to put in your French toast. And then also a big glug of this whiskey goes in there too. And then you soak your soda bread, fry it up in a pan. And then I like to serve it with fruit. So I'll usually do like a fruit sauce of some sort. Um, You know, it really just depends on, I've done like a cherry sauce. I've done blueberries. I mean, it's up to you. What whatever type of fruit you can do apples, whatever you like. I've done gooseberries, which is really really delicious. And yeah, gooseberries. Yeah, you can sometimes get them around this time of year, fresh, which is nice. So that that works too. And then serve it with a big old dollop of whipped cream. Maybe throw some more whiskey into the whipped cream, so it's like a hard cream. And there you go. That's a great St. Patty's Day breakfast. Well, I think that will be my breakfast. So <laughs> fantastic. As well, um, as I should. will make that. And I've got a good soda bread recipe as, as well if you want it. And you know who else has a good one? Just if whoever is listening right now, if you want to just go onto the Google machine, Ina Garden has a great Irish soda bread recipe. I-N-A-G-A-R-T-E-N. She's also known as the Barefoot Contessa. She's been on Food Network for 25 years. Her Irish soda bread, I believe hers might have currants and golden raisins if I'm not mistaken but you know use whatever dry fruit you have if you don't happen to have currants in your cupboard just I I mean I've made it with dried apricots I know it's not traditional that way but it's still delicious so okay yeah sounds good all right well yeah send me that recipe so I can make it in the morning for my beautiful actually I'll have to make it tonight I guess if I need to let it sit out right yeah, make it tonight, and then that way you get to eat it fresh out of the oven, warm with some butter tonight, and then you make awesome. breakfast tomorrow. Sounds fantastic. Very exciting. Well, I hope, Louise, that you have a very fantastic St. Patrick's Day. Stay safe and, you know, don't drink and drive and all that good stuff. And we will talk to you next week with our next whiskey. Sounds great. Talk to you then. For show notes on today's podcast, please visit our website at spiritsofwhiskey.com. That's whiskey with an E. We'll include links and supporting documents from today's Whiskey Chronicles, as well as tasting notes and recommendations from today's World of Wheezy. As always, you'll see upcoming topics, a guest roster, and links to past shows. 
Sign up to become a VIP member of Spirits of Whiskey. With your membership, you'll have access to listen to our series, The Malting Floor, be able to watch extra video content related to past episodes, and you'll enjoy access to our webcast series and other spinoffs not available to anyone else. Enroll now by making a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash spirits of whiskey. Click on the support button and select the contribution level that's right for you. Once you've submitted your payment information, visit our website at spiritsofwhiskey.com to create your personal VIP profile. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Slanchava. Spirits of Whiskey is produced by First Real Entertainment and the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are heard.